There's people going through things and you can be sitting next to somebody this morning and you don't even realize what they're going through. And uh, I, I just feel like the Lord wants to come along, even as it related to what uh, uh, Sam led us this morning and the songs and everything, and just sort of shore up and firm up our faith this morning a little bit. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, and really almost like a life verse for me, I've always loved this verse, is found in Philippians chapter 3 this morning. And I'm going to be reading actually from two portions of Scripture this morning, and I want to take a moment in our, give, our, our time together here and sort of set a, a, get a mindset, a mandate in your own heart and mind today, a, 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 a particular stance that we need to take uh, over and over and over again in this race we call life. And so I feel like I've got a good word for you today, and I don't have a lot of time in which to share it, but all, I'm, all, all that's going to be done this morning, I really believe, is for the glory of God, and it's going to encourage us and strengthen our faith and do a real work in us. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, amen. How many need a good word from the Lord today? I do. Amen. So if, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, and I'm reading this out of the Living Translation, the New Living Translation, but uh, everyone even usually I use the New King James, but they're all good. But listen to what it says, and Paul is writing this to the church in Philippi. I love how this guy, he, this, he's a hero, I'll tell you. He comes along and he says this, Paul does. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. By the way, can I stop there and just have you look this way? I firmly believe that when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he looked forward into history, he saw me and he saw you. Come on, amen? He saw us, and he knew the destiny that was going to be on our lives, and he possessed it for us, and now what our journey is to do is to possess that possession, if you would, to possess that destiny. Paul goes on, he says, now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Powerful piece of scripture. You need to have that underlined, you know, highlight it, pin it, or whatever you need to do. Go one more place over in the Old Testament with me to Exodus chapter 14. And I want to read this one other verse of scripture this morning. Exodus 14, starting at verse 13. And I'm also reading out of the New Living Translation. But listen what this says. Now Moses said to the people, and by the way, this is right before they're getting ready to cross the Red Sea. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, but stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Everybody say today. 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 For the Egyptians you see today, you will see no more forever. The enemy that you feel following you today, 
The enemy that's on your case right now, the thing going on from the enemy going on in your life right now, you will see no more forever. Which is a really unique way of saying they're toast. <laughs> that's what he's saying. They're done. They're history. The Lord will fight for you, he goes on to say, and you will hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell, and now watch this, and I want you to see this. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Forward. And so this morning, I want to speak to you about going forward and standing still. Sometimes, by the way, the way we go forward is by standing still. <laughs> and I'll talk to you about that concept in a second, but first of all, let's bow our heads and pray, all right? Come on, let's ask the Lord to touch us. Father, this morning, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you are the God of redemption. Lord, this morning, thank you that in each one of our lives, you are writing your own love story of redemption. You're redeeming us daily and hourly, Lord. You're taking us from a pit, a miry pit, and you're placing our feet on the rock to stay. I thank you for every man and woman, for every person and family represented in this building today, from the youngest child uh, to the oldest saint. I thank you for every person. I thank you for the value of every person that's in this place today, Lord. No matter what season of life we're in today, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would tailor your word to fit the season of life and the circumstances of life and the situation we are finding ourselves in today and Lord we will not only listen and hear and respond but God I pray you would change lives and change hearts and that you will bring wisdom to bear and you will bring us solutions of ways we can serve you even more acceptably in the days ahead. God, God this morning we stand still and we see your salvation. Hallelujah. Come on. We will not fear. We will not be afraid. We will not go back. We will not be influenced by ungodly, uh, unbiblical voices around us, but we will look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And now we commit these next few moments to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. 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 This morning, I think it's so important for us to remember that we are forward-moving people. I need that to sink into you for a second. Now, listen, human nature is opposite of that. Human nature is, for all of us, is to seek to find as quickly as we possibly can our comfort zone, and we pray that that comfort zone never changes. We like it the way it is. My mother, oh my Lord, I love her. But I'll tell you what, once my mother figures out how she lays out her furniture in her house, it's that way for the next 40 years. And how dare you change it? That's her comfort zone. I like that chair right there. Don't move that chair, Jerry. Well, let's how about if we moved it over? You know, not her. She's, I mean, it's her furniture, once it's set, you don't move that stuff. 
and, and that goes, you know, that's her human nature. Just our own little house, just our own little spouse, just our own little children, and our own little jacuzzi bath, and our own little marble counters, and, and our own little comfortable nest egg. Not too much, of course, because we would become proud, but enough to get by and survive and all that. But and enough to pay the bills, enough so that we can shop when we want to shop. And, and, we, and we have sort of this... Can I say it out loud and hopefully that you won't be too offended? We almost actually have this American ideal of the gospel. It sort of needs to fit in the box. And if I could just get those things, and if everything would just stay that way, and there would be no hassle, and no stumbling blocks, and there would be no conflict in my life. I love Jesus, amen. And no confrontation, and no devil, and no effort, and no nothing. You know, ooh, just make it happen, Lord. And if all that was happening for me, I would be just so content, just like the disciples, I would sort of camp right there for the rest of our, let's build three tabernacles and just hang around. <laughs> No, you won't be happy. You won't be content and you can try to camp all you want. But let me tell you, it will always be the goodness of God that will come along. It's the goodness of God that comes along and breaks your box and disrupts your comfort zone every single time. Come on, amen. Just when you think you have it all figured out, God comes along and does you a favor and disrupts you. Because the reason is he does not want us to be settlers. He wants us, called us, to be pilgrims. Those who are continuing on, those who are pursuing, we're going on. And, and we've got to understand that. That should be our posture. And I shouldn't have to spend a lot of time this morning on that concept. Uh, uh, I shouldn't have to convince you of that. Uh, that is who you already are, and that's who he intends you to be, a person going forward. That's who your pastor is, Pastor Soul. That's who your elders are. That's who your other pastors around here are. They're not settlers. And by the way, if you've ever heard them pray or heard them talk, you will always know in their language there's going to be more. Yeah. Come on. How many know there's more for this church? Yeah. There's more. Lord, there's more. There's more vision. There's more uh, people. There's more souls. There's more advancement of the kingdom. There's more things to be done. It isn't like there's more buildings to build or buy. By the way, buildings, even if there's another building in the future of this church, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, buildings are just warehouses for people to come into so that they can meet Jesus and, and be instructed in the things of the Lord. That's what it's about. It's not to get buildings for building's sake. But there is more. More of the Lord personally to know. More of the things that he wants us to do. There's more, there's more, there's more. Come on, amen. So I believe that actually... Uh, our posture must always be looking forward, moving forward, advancing forward until the day you take your last breath. And none of you are there yet. Well, maybe some of you, but I don't. <laughs> and particularly if you're in this church, we don't go back no matter what anybody says or how good we think it was. I think we are pressing forward. We are people who press forward. We take forward steps, not backward steps. Come on. And in this scripture, 
Paul is addressing an issue, and the issue is really a very deep theological issue that he's dealing with. They were, at this time, teachers coming into the church, when Paul wrote this in Philippians, saying something along this line. They were saying, as soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, as soon as you're converted, there's nothing more that can happen. You were perfect. You had perfection at that point. And Paul comes in Philippians chapter 3 and he says, oh no, 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 no. If there's anybody, he says, that could claim to be perfect, it would be me. I like Paul. <laughs> if there's anybody around here at Lincoln City Church that can claim to be perfect, hallelujah, it's me. It would be me. Paul comes along, he says, look it, I've got the right lineage. I came from the right, right backgrounds all the way back generationally. I mean, we're talking total righteousness. I have the greatest genes. I've got the best pedigree. I've had the best education. I've even killed some stupid Christians because I was so full of zeal. I was the very best at what I did. Thank you very much. Until, of course, Jesus got a hold of me, turned me around. And Paul says, and now that I know him, I count all of my other accomplishments, everything I've ever done in my life, I count all of those things, all those attributes, all of my resume, and he actually uses this word, as dung. Uh, do I need to tell you what dung is? You need any kind of substituting word or anything like that? As dung. As garbage, as refuse, as biodegradable waste product. I count it all lost just to know the Lord. And then he begins this metaphor a little bit later on about this foot race and of the race. And this morning, I need to tell you, I don't think you really need to be necessarily encouraged in this area because I think you're doing a great foot race, a good job, and the vast majority of you are doing great on the foot race, and I'm proud of you as a former pastor, and I know your pastors are proud of you. I think you're doing just great. I know you're running on your little track, and you're just running the race that God has for you, and you're responding correctly, and it's evident just by the way you were worshiping this morning. I mean, it's so neat. I can come back in here on given Sundays and I can see even behind the scenes and I know what it takes, having done it, to, to uh, uh, all the people that it takes to make ministry happen. From the greeters and the ushers and the musicians and the teachers and the volunteers and the audiovisual people and the children's ministry. And we're all in this thing pressing forward and pursuing God together, uh, at race together. And I commend you this morning. In fact, I don't even think it's uh, uh, me con con commending you, but the Holy Spirit saying thank you for the great job that you're doing. Thank you for investing in the house of God and in people's lives and in the kingdom of God. But can I tell you this morning, I really feel a word for us. There is still more. There's more to do. There's more kingdom, come on, to advance. There's more uh, of, 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 uh, of the enemy and there's more of this world that needs to come down and be uh, vic made victorious over it. Not more work. I don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that we should be like hamsters in our cage just sort of pedaling as fast as we can and looking, at, looking over at the other hamster and thinking, oh well, they're not going as fast as I am. Isn't that great? Man, I'm really doing good. 
yeah, you're doing good until your little hamster legs give out and you keel over dead. And then you're done too. How many know dead hamsters are not worth a lot? That, that's not who we are. That's not who we're supposed to be. We are people, come on, whose eyes are fixed on the Lord. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do exactly what God has called us to do. Because in that exact calling on each one of our lives is his grace to do what he's called us to do. Is his enablement to do what he's called us to do. But one thing that we're not about is we're not about going back. We're not about looking back or turning back or going back, or drawing back, or shrinking back. Worst thing that happens to me, and I'm, I'm actually, I was in a conversation with somebody the other day, we were talking about this very concept. I never ever look back. I, I'm not the kind that can't wait for the, uh, for the uh, high school reunion or college reunion. I don't care. I don't look back. I'm already, now that's my personality, but I'm already going down the road. I, yeah, that was great back then, but I don't want my high school days back. <laughs> Come on, amen. I don't even want my college days back, really. I mean, it was fun and all that, and we good, but I really don't want to go back. I'm going forward. I'm looking that way, not back that way, you see. And that's what it's all about. Uh, we're not going back. We're not looking back or shrinking back. That's not who we are, not whatsoever. Listen, uh, for us, back is not an operative word. And, and by the way, when you talk later, you see it in Ephesians about the armor of God over in Ephesians 6. Can I remind you, when you read about that armor, what you find is armor that will pretty much protect you. All of it's designed to protect you when you're going forward. There's not a whole lot said about any armor that is going to protect you when you're going back. Oh, you're not getting that. Let me give you a picture. Just like a hospital gown. That's always, by the way, just one size too small. How many know there's just going to be some vulnerability there when you turn back and you don't want to experience that vulnerability? Don't think about that too long. You'll get messed up in your mind. And in Philippians, Paul's using the same analogy of a foot race when he talks about pressing forward or pressing on. And, and I mentioned to you already how erroneous heretical teachers had come in to talk about sinless perfection. And Paul says, oh, no, 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 no. There's much more to pursue in our relationship with Christ than what you people think. And so he puts this quest, this unquenchable desire to know God, this pursuit of Jesus Christ, he puts it in context by referring to all the things that if they were so, why would he even qualify more? And, he, and even though his resume is top notch, he calls it all dung and he says, no, my job and your job is to every single day get up and keep pressing forward. Amen. 
I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it again and I'm going to press even harder next time. To press in means to pursue. It means to seek eagerly. It means to strain for the goal as in a foot race. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I love when it comes to the end of a long race and they've got the ribbon or tape across the, the lanes and you can see how the runners and they're all going for it and particularly when it's a close race and they're all going for it and they'll press their bodies in so far to be the first to break the tape. They can't wait. To, they're pressing forward. They're eagerly anticipating the win and, and, and they're straining toward the goal like in a foot race. I love what one commentator said. He said, the runner wants to catch hold of this goal and he wants to pull it down like a football player who not only wants to catch his man, but wants to pull him down and make him his own. Now, we know uh, American football, one of my favorite pastimes, because I get over there enough, is to watch Australian football. Those folks do it without the padding. And I'm telling you, it's the cruelest game you ever wanted to watch on TV. I mean, it's like, this is, I mean, it's not, it's not like an R-rated movie or anything, but these people are vicious. And they will absolutely elbow and knees and beat and, and I mean, they're, they're after making the opponent their own, no matter what it takes. And they're not going to stop. And even they get, I don't know the whole rules and everything, they get in this huddle thing and the ball's in there somewhere and they're straining and pushing on each other and, and, and they're just trying to get this thing won. And Paul wants to come, he comes along and he says, I, I, he wants to appropriate and make his own that very thing which Christ caught Paul for and made him his own. In other words, Lord, you made me your own. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to press in. I'm going to get in this race and grab a hold of the very thing you want for my life. And I won't stop until I get a hold of it. See, I think we're living even below our potential. I think we're living, any one of us, me too, below what God even wants for us. Now, I, I am not, I'll admit to you, I'm not the most sports cognizant fellow in the room, but I've watched football players and I have found that they don't want to get close to the guy, right? I mean, it's, they don't come along and go, tag, you're it. <laughs> I, I, they don't do that. They don't play with this thing. Gotcha, love ya. <laughs> have you seen those guys? Most of them are really crabby looking. I mean, they're really intense. I mean, they want to get, get it, whatever it is, whatever the goal is. There's even grunts and groans associated with them getting that. And they grab that quarterback or that receiver and they'll pull them down as best they can. They want to get the goal done. They want to get to their goal of what they need to do in their place on the team. They're not going to stop until they get to that place. There's something so formidable about this idea of us pressing on. 
of us getting in the race and pressing on that we must have in our hearts and in our minds. The only word I can come up with is the desire that pursuing, that following after, that eager kind of thing is so in our hearts and it is not, by the way, mistaken with works. It's exactly who we are as believers. We're just going to keep pressing into this thing. It's, it's, listen, it's not, don't mistake this with, well, I'm just going to do this thing, grunt, groan, and I'll, I'll make it happen and all that. I, 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 it's not, that's not good. But, but let that first come out of a heart that's first formed in, a, in terms of a pursuit of God. I want God more in my life than he's ever been in this. Now, now here's my question for you this morning. When was the last time, here's where it gets down to, that you felt so zealous, that's a good word, for God that you would do anything, change any plans, give up anything, do anything that he asked you just because you wanted to be with him and you just wanted him more than anything else in the world. It's a tough question. Go back the comfort zone. Well, if it works with my schedule, I mean, if I could do that, like, you know, I'm free at 8.30 tonight for a half an hour, yeah, I can, uh, I can pursue God for a little while. <laughs> can, can I tell you, that's just not going to cut it. We're pretty comfortable in American church, which is a good thing. I, I love this country. I love all it provides. I love it. I'm not ashamed to say it. But do you know what? There's something greater than our nation. And that's the kingdom of God. There's something more desirous than anything else, and that's Jesus Christ. And so the whole thing about we just want to pursue, we just want to press on, and we're in our own lane, our own lane, we're not running against each other. Come on, how many know you're going to win a prize just made for you, and I'm going to win a prize just made for me. Basically, by the way, the prize is Jesus himself. We're going to pursue him to the point where we capture him and we've attained all that he had for our lives. And so we're not in competition with one another. We're actually moving in the same direction. But let me tell you, we are moving forward. We are moving in one direction. We're pressing on. Now, in the middle of our race, in the middle of our race, you need to know that what you're going to sometimes and, excuse me, many times encounter are obstacles. Have, have you ever noticed that? You get on with your mind, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going after God real hard. I'm going to find God. I'm going to search God out. I'm going to, I'm going to really pursue God. And all of a sudden, you run into an obstacle. Anybody ever have an obstacle come their way? And all of a sudden, you go, oh my Lord, what, what, what hit me here? What happened here? Something in my health, something in my finances, something in whatever the case may be. And usually just about the time 
when everything is going fine and everything is going right. I mean, your garden is blooming. If you do that sort of thing, your tomatoes are coming up, your rose bushes are full of blooms, whatever the thing is. The house is sold. The boss that you work for thinks you walk on water. The spouse thanks God daily for you because you're a Proverbs 31 woman or a, or a, a Jabez man and, and all your body parts are working correctly for a change and your children frequently come along and rise up from their quiet playtime and call you blessed <laughs> and the dog loves you 100% of the time the cat's happy everybody is not mad at me and I mean everything in life is just fabulous fabulous how, how many know the minute that happens something's gonna happen <laughs> something's gonna happen you know it's gonna happen pastor it's just the devil it's just the world or the flesh. Well, the enemy does want to come along and steal, kill, and destroy. It says that in the Bible. But I think there are also, I, I just got to tell you, I think there are issues in life that come along. It's just life. How, how many know stuff happens? I, I think there was a bumper sticker along that line sometime. <laughs> Can't remember all that it said, but it did seem to indicate stuff happens. <laughs> And you've got to realize that. And what we know is that there are always some obstacles. Got a call this week from my mother, 88 years old. My mother in December had a heart attack, and just out of the clear blue. We couldn't believe it. And out of that whole experience, they found a lump on her breast. And out of that whole experience, they found that it was sort of like in the bone area. And then the other day, she had this whole kind of a this you know I don't even know what it is it's like a neutron exam or something they look at the whole body and they found several areas in her body with cancer well she calls me up like she called the other two boys and told us told me Friday and says well it looks like I've got cancer and several spots in my body and all that mmm I says well what the doctor say he says well it's cancer and it's gonna be there and all that and my mother loves the Lord and 88 years old, like to live a little longer, I think. I mean, everybody does. Amen. <laughs> and she goes, well, I says, well, what did he say? You're, you're uh, you know, if, it, if it's breast cancer. I didn't know it could be breast cancer, a type of cancer could be in different spots in the body. And that was an education. But um, she said, well, she said, he said, I got you on some medicine and it should help. It's uh, like a blocker and what have you and it should help and, and all this and that and the other and went through this. And I said, well, what will living be like? She says, well, she says the doctor says it's slow and all that unless it gets metastasized and this, that and the other. She says, but it's an obstacle. But she says, I'm just going to keep on going. I go, well, that sounds like a plan to me. Just keep on going. I'm not going to let it stop me. In fact, I'm getting ready to, she, we've got a, a wedding in March, uh, it, this is March, <laughs> got a wedding in two weeks out in San Diego, her and her, my father are going to get in the car and drive out there, one of my uh, nieces is getting married, and her, their grandchildren, and we're going to, and she's just going to, in other words, an obstacle comes up, it's just life, what are you going to do about it? I'm pressing forward, I'm going to keep on moving, I'm going to not stop, I'm going to keep on moving. Even when something comes along in our lives and goes wham on us. Come on, how many have had wham moments before? 
and you can do all the stuff you want. <laughs> Excuse me, but I have a plan. It's my whole life plan. You know, it's on an Excel spreadsheet, and now that it's taken me 12 years to put it together, and if you'll just let me unfold it in front of you, I'll show you I need this and that, and this is going to happen and all this, and then boom, something happens. And there's a number of ways you can respond to those types of setbacks. You can get bummed out. You can get angry, you can get depressed, you can do all sorts of things. And by the way, I've pastored long enough, I've seen all sorts of responses. Or you can say, now, now wait just a minute. Philippians 1.6 tells me that he that began a good work in me is going to complete that good work in me. Thank you very much. Come on, amen. I think I'm bought with a price. I think the Lord is my master. And I think, in fact, I know he's bigger than any obstacle that comes my way. And you'll have to get to the point, like any one of us, where you go, maybe it's not an option for me to continue on this course of action. But Lord, <laughs> here's an obstacle. Okay, what else do you have planned for me now, God? What, what, what do you got for me? Do you have something that seems like a delay for me, but really it's not a delay, but it's really, Lord, I didn't even notice it, but it's an opportunity that I didn't see and I never would have taken, but you actually allowed this obstacle in my pathway. And now, listen, now I'm not saying you approach things and just mindlessly embrace them. Listen, if sickness comes your way, don't embrace sickness for heaven's sakes. Oh well, I'm just going to be sick. I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying if you're discouraged, you just go, oh, well, uh, you know, okay, Sarah, Sarah, sort of like sing a little chorus with Doris Day voice. Uh, whatever will be, will be, you know, the future's not. No, I'm, I'm not saying that if you have serious doubts that you don't do anything about them. No, or that if you're disappointed or you're having some kind of financial issue, you don't do something about it. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm telling you is that when these things happen to you and you are pursuing God, when you are following hard after him, when you have your heart stirred up and you're wanting more from God and you're wanting to move forward and you're not just wanting to settle for religion but there's something more important to you and you're running your race and you've got all this pursuing thing going for you and then all of a sudden bam some giant obstacle comes your way. I want to suggest to you this morning that the Lord wants us to learn how to stand in faith, how to stand firm and how to just stand, 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 stand. Stand in the armor. Stand in the word. Stand in praise. Stand side by side with the spiritual family that you're joined to. Because I can tell you, that obstacle, that too will pass. Come on. And you'll be amazed how God will use circumstances and use obstacles and use boulders in your path to sometimes... Listen, we think they're negative things. He will use even negative circumstances.
circumstances to direct us into his perfect plan and into his perfect path for your life every single time. And what appears to be a boulder in my lane that I'm running on on this track here, you know, hey, you know, you sort of run into it and hey, what's this boulder thing in the name of Jesus, get out of my way. I'm suggesting instead that you stand in faith and the, 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 the way around the boulder, listen, I'm telling you, God will redirect you into divine and providential paths and steps for your life by uh, using what appears to be not all that great a circumstance, but you're pressing forward. You're standing still in faith. Come on. It's a, it's a double whammy. It's standing still and it's pressing forward. If I had time, I could illustrate both for you, uh, both through the word and through examples in my own life about things that have happened, devastating circumstances or, or just challenges. And listen, they can actually turn out to be the greatest blessing in your life that you ever imagined. I've told you before, and I'm not going to belabor it, but I can tell you how much money, almost to the dime, and how much hours and how much effort we put in looking for land and buildings and renovating buildings and this that and the other and every time we would get in one of them we got very very close we were ready to sign the paper the architect was engaged everything and it, and it fell through an obstacle and we're going oh my lord and boy that can depress you that can get you. But I'll tell you what, God had a way of just directing our path in the right way, and here we are sitting here today. And you don't even realize it. But you've got to stand on the promises of God and move forward. We can stand still. We can stand fast. We can stand firm in grace. We can stand firm in the faith. We can stand firm side by side. We can stand upright. We can stand in awe of what God is going to do in every single one of our lives. I, I, I feel this for everyone in here this morning. Listen, I think many of you this morning need to just accept in your heart the fact that God is for you, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm talking to you. Amen. Yes, yes. That yes, the little roadblock may have come. I know people in this audience. I know people that are friends of people outside of this audience that have, have had some serious health issues. Yes, a little roadblock may have come into your life. And you know what? Many times it's not somebody else who puts the roadblock in your life. Sometimes, well, even sometimes we're capable of doing it ourselves. And we can be really creative in the ways that we do it. <laughs> but do you know what? Even when you are sort of guilty of putting the roadblock in your pathway, can I tell you something? Our God, your God, is even bigger than that. Come on. And the Bible says, listen... Even, here's what it says. Even if our faith fails, God remains faithful. Because he cannot deny himself. And even if our heart condemns us, whoo, listen, he's bigger than our heart. Wow. He's greater than all that. Why? Because I think he wants to teach us how to stand. Now I'm going to give you some very important news this morning. It's not in life going to get better. It's not going to get easier. If I'm reading everything correctly like I think I am, these are the last days that we're living in. And things by the Bible, not by Jerry. I'm not a 
naysay or anything like that. But by the Bible, by the word of the Lord, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So things might get a little worse. But can I help you with something? It's going to be those that know how to stand firm in the faith and press forward all at the same time that are going to win the race every single day. How many want to win the race? I really want to win the race. Now, can I, can I just help your faith this morning a little bit and read a couple of scriptures to you? They're on this uh, screen here. There we go. Wow. Boy, that really takes it all up, doesn't it? Let me read to the, them to you, and then I'm going to close in prayer for you. We're gonna, I'm going to have you stand in a second, and we're going to pray. In fact, I'll put everything out of your hand right now. These are too good of scriptures to, to, to say sitting down. You need a little faith stirred up. So stand with me. Why don't you? Come on. Just like they do at offering time around here when we declare the word. Let's declare these words. Now, listen to this one. Uh, Psalm 89:28. Say it with me. My covenant will stand firm for him. Oh, that's good. Listen to Daniel 11:22. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Wow. I like that. Double whammy. They're going to stand firm and they're going to press in. Take some action. What action do you need to take today? Come on, you've got an obstacle in your way? How firm are you going to stand against that thing in the name of the Lord? What action are you going to take to press in today? Here's uh, 2 Corinthians 1.24. For you stand firm in your faith. I love Ephesians 6.13. Having done all to stand, stand. Come on. Just stand. Don't go backward. Amen. Don't fall off. Some of you got to just sort of buck it up and stand. Come on, amen. amen. Take, a Take a stand. My Lord. Okay, I'm going to preach a little bit more if I'm not careful. 1 Peter 5.12. This is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. Whoa. <laughs> Come on. Come on. If I was a coach, that would be my verse right there. Act like men. Be strong. You, you understand? I'm your coach this morning. Act like men. Be strong. You want me to name names? No, I better not. Okay. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Therefore, stand firm. In Philippians 1.27, standing firm in one spirit with one mind, side by side for the faith of the gospel. My, listen, there are some times in our lives where circumstances come, little circumstances or big circumstances, and we think we're all alone. Can I tell you what that is? That's a lie of the enemy. Can I just tell you something? That's why you have a church. That's why you have this church. That's why you have this pastor. That's why you have the body of Christ. That's why we have small groups. That's why you're not alone. The enemy will try. Uh, he's good. 
he tried, it's like a sheep that's limping. They, uh, a wolf will come and try to separate the bad, you know, the, the limp or the weak sheep off because he's going to devour. You're not alone. Don't get out of the fold. Don't get out and separate yourself. Don't feel bad for yourself and feel all alone. And then you don't show up or this, that, and the other. Don't do that. Stand firm. Come on, amen. I asked my mother, what, what are you going to do? She said, well, I'm going to church tomorrow or Sunday. Well, this is for Sam Ryan. I can't sing in the choir right now because of my heart. Well, it's weak, she said, but I'm standing on the front row and I'm singing with all my heart. And she says, if I die standing there in church, then go, go for it. She says, and you're the one doing my funeral. Okay, I'll do it. What do you want me to say? Tell her I just showed up every day. I'm here. All right. All right. I'll tell you what, with my mother, 88, you say, well, that's maybe to be expected. Let me tell you, I, I don't care what age you are, and you don't want to die. I, I mean, uh, I, there was only one lady in this congregation I knew near the end that wanted to die, and that was Catherine Dwinell. She lived to 107. When you get up near there, call me. <laughs> but let me tell you, all of us want the next breath. But let me tell you, if the Lord were to take you, you go out standing firm in the faith. Amen. You go out pressing in. I remember when my father-in-law passed away. He's lying on his deathbed in the hospital. We were, I was laughing my head off at that man. He's lying there. He's sort of in and out, in a comatose kind of in and out thing. And at one point near the end, less than 12 hours or so to live, he opened his eyes and he looked at the clock on the wall in the hospital and he goes, Oh, I'm still here, I guess. <laughs> and then he closed his eyes, and in 12 hours, he was gone. He pressed in. Come on, amen. There's nothing bad. I got, you understand what I'm saying? Press in and stand firm. Yeah. Come on, amen. So this morning, I want to close with this scripture, and then I want to pray uh, for you. E Ephesians, in fact, uh, turn with it. Turn, uh, I don't have it up on the board. Turn uh, with me. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6. I want you just to see this. You might want to you might want to write this down and underline it in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. This is what it says. This Bible print is so small. <laughs> My good Lord. Okay, starting <laughs> starting at verse uh, verse 10. Listen to this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against uh, 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 spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and it's coming, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the bell of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flames arrows of the evil one take and put on your helmet of salvation lift up the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests with this in mind be alert and always keep praying for the saints boom stand firm and press in